Hey, welcome to the coaches meeting. That's the coach. I'm Grant Cohn. Title of the show is why the Niners will start fast this year. So let's start fast and get right to it. Let's get the to pattern. It. The pattern is that they don't start fast. Last year, three and four. Year before that, three and five. Uh, they did start eight and zero four years ago when they went to the Super Bowl. Um, I think it's important to examine the context of the last two seasons before we assume that the Niners are just going to start slow again. So why don't you take it from there? Okay. Well, what's up, Grant? First of all, get it out. The what's way. up, Coach? How you doing? <laughs> um. I was we were talking about this and I was looking at how important it is to have a fast start. Let's just put that mm. out first. So yeah. having a fast start is what we want and we haven't had them. And I feel like when we are so far from the yeah. beginning of a season, when you're looking back at the end of a season, which we have long seasons going to the NFC championship game, mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to look at the dead numbers which is just we lost to the bears in the in the in the broncos early on right we come out and we found a way well, right and we, we found a way to lose and we yeah. started slow in 2000 um 2020 and we yeah. started slow in yeah. 2021 right and you look back and you want to correlate what we've done with well we just had slow starts and we need to get better but let's go into it in 2020 we had a remarkably, uh, a historical inj- in- injury plague year, right? Mm. Injuries like we had not seen. We lost Raheem Mostert in the very beginning of the year. We lost Elijah Mitchell. We had to have Elijah Mitchell come in and we started slow. And then he got hurt. Yeah, and then he and got then hurt. He got hurt, right? We too, yeah, yeah. 21, we come in and George starts very slow and we had- They missed the first two games. Yes. And yeah. We had we had other we had other issues going into the beginning of the season, which give Mitchell us got Mitchell got hurt in the sixth carry. He's Mitchell got hurt and he was already out. And Debo then, wasn't in shape. And then we had to find a way, and then we had to come in and bring in Christian. So yeah. we've had we also let's also look at something that we haven't that because we do so well, we don't necessarily look at all of the things that we were worried about. We had, yeah. a, we had a completely revamped offensive coaching staff. This is huge. I think we pe- people don't talk about position coaches very much, but they're like the lifeblood of your team. And we need yeah. to talk about this. Didn't mean to interrupt you, but. No, not a problem. It. Not a yeah. problem. This is something we, we have lost, not just coaches, but we lost coaches that became head coaches. Um, Two. On our back team. to back. Two. Back to back. And they purged uh, three. us. Three. They yeah. purged us. We lost a lot of guys, especially on the offensive side. And yeah. I feel like starting d- just to look back when you're in when you're in February and you're looking at September, it, it's hard to look at. Well, we did start with a completely new offensive staff. We started with new rookies and new players on the offensive side of the ball. And yes, we did start slow as it, as it pertains to us winning and losing games but i don't feel like it's a calling card i don't feel like it's something that needs that it's almost kind of like um real quick i mean let's go back to the last two years real specifically in 2021 they lose Salah. he brings mike lafleur with them who has now been fired but he brings mike lafleur with him he's the offensive coordinator uh the niners promote bobby slowick so all of a sudden they have a new pass game coordinator could contribute to part of the slow offensive start and then last year they lost mcdaniel and, and can I chime he in took real a, quick? he took Welker and a, go ahead. And also at the time, we're just going back to that time. 
nobody knew what Mike McDaniels was. Remember right. when Mike McDaniels came out in those pressers and he had a little bit of a hard time being taken seriously. Yes. And the Niners knew what they had. Right. They yeah. knew. They absolutely did. He left. He was obviously an instant success. And he took Wes Welker with him, John Embry with him. I think there were more. So I, last year, we all knew. We I think we forgot about it. But they had an all-new offensive staff to the point that Kyle was essentially teaching his coaches all offseason. Yeah. And I think, how do you expect that, that uh, setup to hit the ground running? Right. There was Leonard Hankerson came in as a new, as a new receivers Correct. coach. Uh, yeah. the, Brian Fleury is the tight end coach. Yeah, who had never yeah. coached who had never coached that position. Um, or played it. Or played it, right? And then yeah. we had Anthony Lynn coming in as kind of like the OG, the consigliere. Oh yeah, Bobby Turner stepped aside last year for a little bit. People forget that one too. We're going to yeah. get into Bobby Turner. We're but Bobby Turner Bobby. left. He had a I think he had a procedure. He's like he's in his 70s. At a certain point, he's going to retire and uh, they started one and two, and all of a sudden he was back in the fold. Kind of interesting. Yeah. So well, that was another one. Uh, yeah. Bobby Turner is, um, I feel like Bobby Turner is a capstone to what the 49ers are doing from a coaching staff. He's a subject matter expert, if you will. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get into we'll, him. We'll, we'll definitely get into that. But as far as the slow starts are concerned, I'm, I'm, I'm encouraged about how we're going to start this year. And again, you know, we're not the only team with turnover, right? So there's there's teams that have new coaches and, and new coaching staffs and and new players that have to that they have to overcome as well. But for us to talk about slow starts, I feel like that's us trying to look at the perfect season. What would have sure. capped us off in the best way? All also, I feel like the slow starts last couple of years were a lot on offense. And what we're seeing this year is, or the last couple of years, they had a lot of turnover on that offensive coaching staff. Now, the turnover is on the defensive side, both mm. on personnel and in coaching. And right. we take the defense for granted, but it's been very, very, it's been elite for like four years in a row. And doesn't mean this defense, it won't be elite this year. But if anything's going to start slow, I mean, the offense is basically returned all of its starters minus Mike McGlinchey and Brock Purdy. And Brock Purdy might start week one. We don't even know. Yeah. Right? So That's they're all pretty much the same. And on defense, they lost like five or six guys plus their secondary coach who was the pass game coordinator and D'Amico. Like the, the brain trust of the defense is gone. And mm -hmm. Jimmy Ward's gone. Mosley's gone. Uh, a bunch of guys are gone. Aziz, Amenahu, Ebukam. And now you got a new guy with new ideas, a, a new secondary. It, I mean, it might not work right away. It might not work great. Well, first month. I see I see the method to Kyle's madness in that he is an offensive guy who came in with his own defensive philosophy. And right. that that matters. That yes. that matters because that puts him in a position where he knows exactly the type of man that he wants in there. He's not really being dictated to. There's a lot of, believe it or not, there's a lot of offensive coaches who really don't touch the defensive side of the ball of their team, right? They're more or less mm -hmm. consulted. You know, they right. make sure that they they get the right, the requisite pieces and they allocate the funds to make sure that the defense works. But as far as actually knowing how the defense works with the offense, um, they're, they're clueless that that comes to the biggest word or the biggest phrase that that comes to this football team is that is complimentary football the right. way our defense plays helps our offense and vice versa so, also every offensive coach has to be a defensive quality control first yes including kyle 
as part of the yes. as part of the Kyle coaching training program, which he's very good. Well, at. a part of the coaching Shanahan tree is Tom Landry, yeah. and that is the defensive. That is the defensive way. Tom Landry is okay. the godfather of of the godfather of the forty three defense. And okay. yeah, and uh, he coached under Jim Lee Howe um, for years, and under his time, Tom Landry had a very good offensive mind under him, which was Dan Reeves. And Dan Reeves mm. served as the QB coach, the offensive coordinator, and the receivers coach under Tom Landry, who who then in turn took on Mike Shanahan. So right. they offensively they they get at it from an offensive perspective by title, but their mm. roots are defensive. They know defense, right? And and that's why they're so married to the run game. Yes. Because yeah. the run game, the run game almost is like a, a cousin to defense offensively. Oh yeah, it's like yeah, you're 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 bleeding the clock. And I asked Steve Wilkes like, why why do so many defensive coaches like working with Kyle? A lot of times, defensive coaches. I mean, I didn't say it, but Chip Kelly couldn't get a guy to work with him. And, yeah. and he was like, well, he's so committed to the run game, and that's like a defensive coach's dream. Mm-hmm. Also, he has really good players on defense. I don't think he said that, but Nick Bosa helps. Fred Warner helps. Yeah, and they they yeah. if you if you think about it, um, even even the way uh, the approach to the run game is from a defensive mindset. They want to control the clock. They want to bleed yep. and take. Yep. Not only do they want to control the clock, but they want time of possession. They they yep. they want to they want to constrict and strangle yep. their opponent. So Absolutely. yeah. So look, the way I look at it is, even if Sam Darnold starts, Trey Lance starts, you have so much continuity coming back. You got. Bobby Turner's here. You got all everything coming back on offense minus Mike McGlinchey, who like honestly, you know, they'll survive. Right. We'll they'll survive. Yeah. Uh, and probably any quarterback could hand off and they could probably win. Question is, will the defense be giving up, you know, 25, 30 points in any of these games in September? Can he pick it? The Rams, maybe the Rams. I mean, the Giants and the Cardinals, like. I'd be I'd be surprised. They have a lot. They have a lot of personnel. They kind of coach themselves on defense to a large degree. They know what they're well, doing. Well, our our again to stick back to complimentary football, Grant. That our style of football travels, right? Yeah. Uh, we we'll, we take we take the air out of stadiums with running the ball and playing good defense. You know, it, it's it optically it feels much more dynamic than it looks, right? <laughs> you know, it's not as exciting, but. We're a team that home teams don't want to see coming, right? Because yeah. we're going to play 60 minutes, right, from start to finish. And we don't care about winning by 30. We'll win, we'll win 12-10, right? And that's yep. the team that you don't want to see who's going to methodically play a game from start to finish. So I know that, let's just be honest, we got screwed by the schedule guides this year. Um, we're, 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 we're going uphill. But yeah. For what we do, um, we play responsibility football, and I, I'm I'm excited about what we do. Well, especially the beginning of the season because we have some continuity on offense, and yeah. I really feel like the way we left this season, the guys they have to start fast. They talked way too much this off season. They have to start fast. Yeah, and I think last year, um, starting one and two, drafting Ty Davis Price, this this team goes as it's run game goes and I don't think it's a coincidence that Bobby Turner rushed back week four to save the season so let's talk Mm -hmm. about Bobby Turner right Kyle Shanahan has a very I mean Mike Shanahan has a very very interesting coaching tree 
and right. it's filled with guys in their 30s, maybe 40s, who mm-hmm. are considered geniuses, but haven't won anything except for Sean McVay. Right. And it's every year it's like, who's the next 32-year-old genius that coached for Kyle Shanahan? Meanwhile, there's this 74-year-old who's kind of chilling in the background, never been a coordinator, but he's a constant. He's been the running back coach forever for Mike and for Kyle. He follows them wherever they go, wherever Exclusively. they go, and doesn't coach for anyone else. And people just sort of take it for granted. Yeah, he's good. He's important. Uh huh. I don't think people fully appreciate just how important this man is and how big of a deal it was when he wasn't there for an offseason in three games last year, how important it was when he came back, and how he's not going to be here for much longer. Dude, 74. Let's talk about Bobby Turner. Bobby Turner is regarded as, if not the best, one of the best running back coaches in football, period. Mm -hmm. Um, He coached for over 23 years before he got his first NFL job posting in 1995 with the Denver Broncos under Mike Shanahan. Before Mm -hmm. he got to the NFL, he was a running backs coach and an offensive coordinator for Purdue from 1991 Mm -hmm. to 1994. Now, in that time, he was under coach Jim Coletto, where he had spent two years previously in Ohio State, where he Mm -hmm. coached, uh, who is that? Uh, The running back out of Ohio State. Robert Smith. Smith. Robert Smith. Smith. Uh, Great running back for the Vikings and a, a very good college football analyst. Yes, and also yes. in that in that book in that uh, in that running back room in Ohio State, he had five running backs that all made it to the NFL. Um, yeah, out of that running back room in Purdue, Mike Allstott was his project. Turned Mike yeah. Allstott into a plus hundred and thirty yard a game back, and that offense in two years that Mike he was Allstott. there averaged over two hundred and thirty five yards rushing. Um, and what game. blocking scheme were they using at Purdue? I believe they were using the inside and outside zone. Wow. Back in 1992, three, four. That's amazing. Yeah. What was Kyle doing back then? Oh, he was in middle school. Yeah. No offense. Yeah. Born, I, what yeah. was I doing back then? I was in preschool. Okay. Yeah, I was in preschool. <laughs> so, uh, and if you want to, if, if, I mean, if, if, if you want, if you just want a little bit of uh, from the horse's mouth data, Get on yeah. YouTube and go to Bobby Turner describes his perfect 49ers running back where you can hear him talk about I just watched it. Yeah, yeah, where you can hear him talk about um him being in the running in the inside and outside zone scheme since college. Um so this is um an iron cast mold. Um if you will, if you're in the industries, you know that an iron cast mold is one of one. It's what you keep pouring into to keep your product coming in and coming out. It's the go ahead. Oh, go, go, keep, no, I, keep going. I was agreeing with you. Keep yeah. Going. It's yeah. the, it's the, it's the kernel of your organization. I believe yeah. that Bobby Turner is not only vital to the 49ers coaching staff, but if you really want to be quite frank about it, he's the only person on that staff that's a founding father of that offense. Yeah. He that's was actually there with Alex Gibbs and Mike Shanahan. Yeah. And Terrell Davis, when they got him out of the draft and turned mm-hmm. him into a household name, he was the Hall guy. Hall of Famer. Yes, Hall of Famer. He was the yeah. guy that did that. Um, Bobby so, Turner. Real quick, what I want to say is like people give him credit as being a great running back coach. And we're going to talk about that in a second. 
But I think what people give Kyle credit for and his dad is their scheme. It's it's like, the, like they're so far away beyond everyone in their X's and O's. Well, Bobby's a big part of that. Bobby was doing this scheme in college at Purdue. Mike Shanahan yeah. saw it was like, we need this in Denver. Yeah. I mean, they weren't doing this outside zone stuff on the Niners when uh, Mike Shanahan was here as much because, I mean, I don't think the Niners would allow it. I mean, they had Bob McKittrick at the time. He was doing what he wanted to do. Uh, yeah. He went to Denver, brought in Alex Gibbs, brought in Bobby Turner, and they start. So he he's a big part of this scheme. And I just want to point out with, with Kyle Shanahan, every single year he's been a coordinator except for one. He had Bobby Turner with him. The one year he didn't was his one year in Cleveland. That one year, his offense averaged 3.6 yards per carry, which was 28th in the league. Um, he's really freaking important. And he doesn't get any credit for being a genius, yeah. being a guru, but and, I and think he the, probably is. And he's the proof the is in the pudding. I mean, yeah. Mike Anderson, Tatum Bell, Orlandis Gary, Clinton Portis, Alfred Morris. How many guys has he gotten paid in terms of coaches? That how many guys has he made look smart? Guys, his McDaniel. Just look at it. Look LaFleur, at it this way. Go Shanahan. Back to, go back and watch that video with Bobby Turner describes his perfect 49ers running back, and I and what he's he's going to make a quote that's completely different from what every talking head has ever said about this offense and that is what you can just put anybody in this offense he's like no nope. it's the scheme it's the nope. scheme and, and what running that back. does in an effect yeah. is it takes the artistry out of the endeavor it makes right. it look like it's tactile almost yeah. as if the people don't matter and right. in that video bobby turner says out of his own mouth it's a marriage Yep. A lot of people think right that fit. you could put anybody into this scheme, but yeah. it's really hand in glove. Yeah. And you have to find the right people. It's about yeah. scouting the right people, and it's our responsibility to do that. Also, he also said that his biggest coaching skill was my biggest ability is learning how to get out of the way and yeah. letting the players take over once we teach them. So I, I just... There's just yeah. some funny. There's just some things yeah. that are coming out of the. Foundation. What he means by that? What he means by that? Though, it seems like with, with outside zone, it was zone runners. Like we've seen it from Arian Foster to Alfred Morris to Raheem Mostert. Like it doesn't really matter how fast you are. What matters is how um, your vision and how quickly you make decisions. Are they the because like there's not a set track. Right. I mean, there's like a running track, but at a certain point, like you could go outside, you could cut inside, you could cut it back, like. You have to make that decision. You can't hesitate, and you got to make one cut and go. Some guys are like Tevin Coleman on the Niners was really indecisive. Raheem Mostert was extremely decisive, and it didn't even look like he was juking anyone, but you have to have that vision, and you have to have that, uh, well, I don't know what you want to call it. I don't know well, if Ty Davis Price has it. Jordan well, Mason also, has it. Well, I mean, from a coaching term, they, they would call yeah. that slow two and fast through. So yep. you would go yep. slow two and fast He mentions through, patience, but, right? He mentions patience, yes, doesn't he? And, yes. Yes, and also... He does. Also, from a running back perspective, especially when you're coaching, you want to build a foundation, like an ethos. And I really, I gained some insight from Coach Turner from him talking about running runners being in service of the other 10, not the other way around. These mm -hmm. guys are not blocking for you. You're setting them up. Right. You're making them right. And yep. I feel like from, point. That, from that perspective, you have to be a very good teacher and put in responsibility on a ball carrier when you're asking him to go through an offense. That doesn't sound like 
that doesn't sound like a pony that you just put blinders on and you let them carry the ball. That doesn't sound like somebody that you can just plug into a system. No, it and it's not like, hey, go freelance. Hey, go go do whatever you want to do. It's like, follow the track that we set for you. Follow your your visual keys exactly. And really, I mean, you're, it's not like, there's there's like a right answer to these runs. Like they, they stop it the next day and they, they click it and you're like, okay, the, full, the hole was here. You should have went here. Yeah. And some guys that, are good at that. I some think, guys aren't. I think that one yeah. of the reasons why, I think that one of the reasons why our running backs probably get the, or all of the running backs in this scheme probably get the moniker of being, you know, um, accessible or versatile is because mm -hmm. I don't think that we're recognizing the fact that maybe the criteria for getting these running backs is bespoke. Maybe it's curated. Maybe it's so intricate of what Bobby has done throughout the years of knowing what these guys look for that they, they supersede the draft, that there is no round. You know, we, we can get these guys because we know exactly how to teach them once we get them inside of our building. Um, and I think that it's time for fans to start realizing that uh, he's not just a position coach. Um, he's a found he's a chartered member. Yeah. And he's not going to be here forever. He yeah. he's uh, he just turned 74 uh, like yeah. a couple weeks ago. At a certain point, the Niners need to let leave him alone and say thank you everything. Like the Shanahan's having call on him, he's their right hand man. He's the ace up their sleeve, and I get it. He's great. Um, yeah. But at a certain point, Kyle's gonna have to do it without him. He yeah. will. And I'm curious. I mean, it's great that you got Anthony Lynn sort of learning from Bobby Turner, but I don't know that you can replicate Bobby Turner. He seems like he's yeah. a truly I mean, special one of one type. This is a coach that still gives out pencil and paper tests before games on assignments for running backs. So this is a an educator. Yeah, yeah, he's not messing around. Yeah. Uh, Flave says, people act like anyone can be put into the quarterback spot in this offense too. Nah, there's a particular skill set you need to have to be good, just like running back. I agree. That's why the Shanahan's wanted Trey Lance. I totally agree. That's why they I agree. wanted Trey Lance and traded up for Trey Lance. And you that's be why able to, Mike went out and got Jay Cutler. Right, you got to be able to do play action. You got to be able to be under center. It's all. It's very much, you got to be able to throw rolling left and rolling right. Those bootlegs are very important. Um that's why Jimmy's gone. Couldn't do any of that stuff. All right. Yeah. Another another position coach on the team who's very interesting to me. Brian Greasy. Okay. He he was a he was he was an announcer. All and right. his connection to ESPN is interesting, but I'm going to put that aside for a second. Okay. He's also a player and Mike Shanahan drafted him. So he knows the system and he's been groomed not only as a quarterback but as a leader by Kyle Shanahan's dad. Kyle uh, Mike Shanahan you know, the Shanahan's have had a tough time developing quarterbacks, but their most successful, I mean, Mike's most successful times, he had Gary Kubiak as his quarterback coach and then his offensive coordinator. Gary Kubiak was a player. It was uh, Elway's backup. And um, so was Greasy. Makes me feel like maybe Kyle hopes is grooming Greasy to be his Kubiak because, you know, he does have the greatest running back coach like ever. But yeah. he's been, I mean, he's been really searching for a quarterback coach who can get some positive results. And so far, it seems like Greasy had him last year with two quarterbacks. Right. Um, I think that uh, Coach Kubiak, uh, if, if you're going to look at Coach Gibbs and Coach Turner as kind of the run outfit of the offense, then one would also would say that the lineage of the, the, the Shanahan offense would be, the passing offense would be through Coach Kubiak. Right. And 
that uh, Coach Kubiak was in the room when Coach Shanahan went after went after Brian Greasy to bring him in. So right. he knows the roots of the offense. I mean, let's be honest. This is a family affair, right? It really is. Th- th- this is all home cooking. They go with yeah. what they know, right? Yeah. I know a guy, right? Yeah. So yeah, that's hey, he's one of us. He's one of us. He's one of us. He's one of us. him from back in. You know what I'm he's saying? He's one of us. So, yeah. So. With that, hey, is he a friend of mine or is he a friend of ours? He's a f- I don't know. He's a friend he of ours. Yet. He yeah. Made yeah, yeah, yeah. So, exactly. Yeah. So our thing is, he's, he's trying to get made, and so is his sons. That's why his sons came over. Um, we yeah. have, I think, we have both of his Clint sons on the staff right now. Clinton Clay, Kubiak, Clinton Clay. Yeah. yeah, are both here, and they are basically here for the past iteration of this offense to make sure what we do through the air gets taught the ethos of the offense, how you're supposed to go through the progressions. Also how Kyle has put wrinkles in, you know, there's um, this is the West coast offense through the air um, and through philosophy. It is West coast. However, Kyle's Kyle's uh, no, you're good. However, Kyle's uh, way of going about um, Kyle's route tree rather has been talked about as being uh, multi-directional, optional, being able to run after the catch, softening off routes, not necessarily having things rounded off. So uh, I think that Brian Greasy, my my thing is, is that I just hope that he's there to coach everybody that's in the room. Yeah, I, I, let's talk about that for a second, because okay. to me, it's real clear, like he had a hand in them drafting Brock Purdy. He yes. didn't discover Brock, but when they showed him to him, he was like, yep, I like yep. him very much. And so he's invested in Brock. Also, I, I have to admit, I have to um, imagine that he had a hand in them signing Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. I mean, I'm sure Steve Wilkes had a big hand in it and Kyle and, uh, and Christian McCaffrey and a lot of people, but I bet they asked the quarterback coach and he looked at it and said, absolutely, I see what you're seeing. I'm guessing. Yeah. And yeah. so that's two guys that he's like, yeah, I want you in my room. We don't know how he feels about Trey. We just don't know. He inherited yeah. Trey. And we just, we can't assume that anything. And so yeah. when you hear stuff from people at ESPN saying, hey, man, I hear it. I, a guy it's I know that I, I trust, trust about quarterback, guy I know I trust about quarterbacks saying Darnold could be the surprise of the league this year. It's like, oh, man, like, dude, uh, is that how greasy feels? And like. What does he feel about Trey? Like, is is he the reason that everyone thinks the Niners are down on Trey because he won't say anything nice? I mean, those are questions I have. The fact that he worked at ESPN is wild to me. I mean, the Niners have him and Lynch who have all these media connections. So anytime anyone in any of the like Fox or ESPN says something, I'm like, yeah, they. I mean, they got the media game full circle. I yeah, mean, you know, yeah. They, they they got the media game full circle. They kill ants with sledgehammers. They're a little heavy handed. <laughs> <laughs> they, they're a little heavy-handed when they want to put out a message, you know. Um, so yeah, yeah. I, I, Again, I, I don't know that Brian Greasy talks at all. It's just when his former partner in the booth starts saying stuff so specifically, I'm like, yeah. And he wasn't even, yeah. It wasn't like I said. It was clumsy. It's not even. It's yeah. like somebody who I really, really trust. You know. Yeah, knows a lot life. about quarterbacks yeah, and pretty close. Yeah, my daughter, that guy. Like it's just like, yo, okay. who are you talking about, Lewis? Right. So, um. That's why I brought that up. I, I I just want Trey to make it to camp. Just be healthy and be ready. I think that Brian, from a okay, so from a coaching. Can I just say something real quick? Real quick. Last year when we interviewed him, like the one day we had or one or two days, I asked him like specific questions about Trey Lance. This is on. I knew you were going to bring this up. 
Dude, he was so reluctant to say anything. Luke All he would praise for Trey Lance is that he's a nice guy. Good yeah. guy. But I'm Luke honestly, I don't really, I, I don't really know. I'm just getting to know him. I don't really know. That's all he kept saying. I don't know. Really, I mean, he's a really good guy. I can say that he's a good guy. He really wants to be good. He's working hard. That's all he would say. I mean, Kyle will go farther than that. Further. Well, and that's, and that's something that I'll do. Like those who can't do coach. And yeah. there's something about the killing of your ego that you have to have when you're coaching a kid that you know was better than you. Yeah. Um, that's a yeah, real Brian thing. Greasy wasn't the third pick in the draft. Yeah, and th yeah, that that's a real thing. And I know it sounds petty, but sometimes when you have coaches and you coach a kid that may have opportunity, it's almost like a, a parent who grew up poor and, you know, you got a rich kid, you know, that you a privileged kid. Every little thing you're looking at him like, I didn't have this when I grew up. You know, I didn't I didn't get this opportunity. You should be taking yeah. all of this. And yeah. I, I just I just don't I want trey to be able to organically get out there and have a shot and if you're going to be the quarterbacks coach and talk about everybody in the room i just understand that everybody's watching we're, we're all paying attention to what you're saying so uh I, I, is brian greasy a good quarterbacks coach we don't know he's only been here we a don't year. know we don't know but he's an important part of the uh equation now seems to me I mean, yeah, he's touching the product. He's a quarterback's coach, so he's a very important part of what we do, right? Absolutely, yep. Um, Aru Illustri says, Coach has slowly become my favorite guest. You guys work well together. Thank he's you. He's a hell of a guest. It's really his show. It's called Coach's no, Meeting. No, no, it's not. <laughs> uh, Flave says, yeah, that's why he got Lance, but quickly realized he was wrong, got Purdy the next year, and brought Jimmy back. Good call. Yeah, that's why they drafted Purdy with the last pick in the draft because he was all out on, on yeah, Trey Lance. Yeah. That's why they made Trey Lance the starting quarterback because Brock, they have, dude. Flave, my guy. I like Flave. I love Flave. <laughs> well, Flave's real close. He's friends with Kyle, so he, that's Kyle told him. He knows. Mm -hmm. Vito says, Trey Lance is the GOAT in next year's MVP. Brock uh, blows. Shout out, Coach. You the man, Grant. You the GOAT. Brock doesn't blow, but thank you. I appreciate that. Well, Brock didn't do anything bad. All right. Let's talk about the news from yesterday. Okay. So for the second year in a row, George Kittle invited Trey Lance to tight end university. Right. To throw at, you know, during these drills and stuff. And right. last year, Trey Lance said, no, he was, he couldn't, couldn't fit it in couldn't the schedule. Cause couldn't make it happen yeah, this yeah. year. He's making it happen. Right. What do you make of that? Is this, is this significant? Uh, yes, it is. Mm -hmm. okay. Um, Football is a people business. Um, yep. You know, I know that it's, you know, it's it's wins and losses. But at the end of the day, just like anything, you work with who you like. Um, yep. I, I, I'm, I'm, that's just the truth. That's, the, that's like the entire Niners culture. That's what they've built. Yeah. Like, and that's and, and essentially that's that's everywhere, really. You know what I'm saying? Um, you got to work with people you trust. Qualified you are. Um, yeah. If you're not liked in the in the organization, we can't, you know, you're. You don't you don't help productivity. So, no. one thing about the NFL is that these are these little events or camps are you know they're networking opportunities. That's what they are. They're they're ways for Trey to rebrand himself in mm. in a narrative that really matters, right? There's there's a back door. There's a back channel line in the NFL about who how people really feel about players around the league and going to stuff like this and performing. 
strengthens that narrative where people mm-hmm. can talk offline about what they saw, about how they saw Trey in the raw, how they saw him lead, how they saw mm-hmm. him get through his progressions, Bro. throw the ball. Um, yep. And also, he's not going to be doing it with just NFL guys. He's going to be doing it with premier guys who have big networks, who people are going to be asking them, important people are going to be asking them, how did Trey look? Also, think about it. Like, they don't need Trey Lance to get out of the pocket and make plays. Like, they need Trey Lance to be a jugs machine. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He, you which need to hit him. Which essentially, so, um, yeah. I don't have a problem with Trey throwing on the run. I think that's actually one of his strengths. Um, Me too. Um, I, that's I, not going to be something he's going to be doing here, right? Yeah. I think yeah. essentially, Trey being a jugs machine is kind of one of the things that we 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 were scared about. Is him just making the routine easy yeah. layup throws like man just make that throw so yeah i i feel like in on the inverse i feel so bad for the kid at times because all of the special stuff that he does do he does on routine deep ball accuracy throwing on the run getting outside of the pocket that's the stuff that when trey wows you he consistently wows you with that stuff which lets you know that he has it in his bag what scares you is the brass tacks little stuff my my thing is, I guess the question is, does this mean that Kittle likes Trey now? Because my whole th- no assumption is like, you know, Kittle kind of hasn't accepted Trey into the big boy group. Like he's the right. little brother, and like it's like you can't hang out with us. Like you can't come to Cabo, you can't come to the Warrior game. Go to the A's game by yourself, and you know, t- yeah. get a get a standing I, ovation by all two thousand people there. I'm not going. What is it? Does this change their relationship? I look at this as like a challenge from from George. Like, yeah, why don't you show up? I don't yeah. look at this as a litmus from George because I think that this is a little bit more connected. I don't think that George is just some like independent contractor. I don't no. think, I think that Trey got that invite and Kyle knows that Trey got that invite. Yeah. And it was probably, Trey was probably voluntold to go to that. Voluntold. Day. And yeah. probably George was probably voluntold to invite him. Yeah. He was voluntold to tell him, yes, you're voluntold yeah. to do this. Right. Hey, and- just, you know, George, um, Trey, you're you're inviting Trey to tight end. Yeah. Just so you know, Trey, you're going to tight end you, and it's yeah. gonna look like you got. It's about you two. You guys set it all up. Yeah. In military yeah. school, we used to call it mandatory fun. That's so, <laughs> so fun. I love that. I love yeah. that. Yeah. So yeah, and it's, to me also, it's like again, it plays into George's persona. Like I'm the leader of this team, man. You want to be the, the quarterback on this team? Come to my camp. Yeah. yeah. That's step one. And- you didn't come last year. Well, I didn't play week one and two. No, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. But. I am saying, hey, man, I set the agenda here. And you're coming to tight end university if you want to be a quarterback on this team. Because if you yeah. say no, hey, I might just, might just bring Sam. I might just bring Sam. I just you don't want me to bring Sam, I, do you? I, yo, I think, I think that Trey just needs to go ahead and just create a Trojan horse. Do go. Yep. Do what you got to do. Yep. Smile. Kiss baby. Shake hand. Kiss ass. And yep. when you get in front of the masses – they're, they're all controlled by the dollar. This is all about yeah. money. So yeah. as soon as we see that Trey is productive, then they got a shitstorm on their hands because they got to play him yep. because they're all scared. So Trey has to just make it into the Coliseum, just make it into the arena where you can fight in front of the mob. And then we'll give you the thumbs up or the thumbs down. Love that. Also, another thing that this is good for Trey doesn't seem like any of his uh, players have been clamoring to work out with him this offseason. Wherever he's been, I don't know. Maybe it's tough when you're like, I don't even know who the quarterback's going to be, man. I, like, Kyle's not telling me. And every, people are saying Darnold. People are saying, right. like, where do I go? So Trey now puts brings it upon himself. Like, all right, George, 
I'll go to you and right. we can build some chemistry. I right. mean, it's it's better than nothing. I know he's going to be throwing to more tight ends than just George, but it's going to be a few days, that, extra days that they'll have together. I mean, they haven't played together that much. So that's it's a good so thing. That's so true. That's yeah. so true. They haven't had a lot of playing time together. No. Um. So I, I, I will say that. One um, game? Maybe but, one yeah, game. But, but yeah. hey, look look at it this way, though, Grant. If If you look at it on the inverse, Trey was that guy the year before when he was the incumbent starter. When he was mm-hmm. coming in as the guy, and mm-hmm. Brandon, Brandon, Ayuk and Trey were attached at the hip. They were attached True. at the hip that summer. So, so is can that, I sub, can I say something else though? Sure. We always see that this like lack of connect, perceived lack of connect between Kittle and um, Trey. I always empathize with Trey, but let's see it from Kittle's perspective. All right, Trey okay. is the newcomer here. Like George is the leader on the team. Okay. George invites. I'm gonna I'm gonna be George for a second. I invite you, Trey, to my camp last year. Say mm-hmm. no, say no. You're too busy. The hell you mean you're mm-hmm. too busy? You talking about you're too busy? No, you find mm-hmm. time to come to my freaking camp if you want to. I'm just if you want my respect. You didn't come. That to is my true. Camp. What are you doing? And I'm seeing video. I'm seeing pictures. I'm seeing this. I'm seeing that. Like you I, couldn't I have time. About talking about. And then, and then we're talking about. You. Trey, I like Trey. Jimmy. I've already said I like Jimmy. You trying to get me on your side? Come on, that's and not how Trey you do likes, it. Trey likes to have a good time, and it's yeah. So like, do I. Yeah. You're all over the place, uh-huh. and you're gonna turn down my camp. I can I can see how that could get you miffed on a veteran. Piss me off. It know? would piss me off. Would yeah, piss me off. And, and yeah, yeah, from inside the building, they do they do cast a big shadow because they are good pros, and the rest of the yeah. league they have the respect of the league. Yeah. Um, I just feel like the top of the league isn't as competitive as it used to be. Um, now if you're good, you're just good. There's mm-hmm. really not a lot of distinction between the Super Bowl winner and the next four to five teams that are good in the NFL. That's true. The That's NFL true. used it didn't used to be that way. Like the, no. the the champ was the champ and everybody else was general population. Now there's like this gentleman's club purgatory in the NFL, like there's smokers room where they get to all just sit up there and look down at the rest of the league because they're profitable and make money. So it's like this is like the the social media TikTok age of the NFL where you have like your Instagram teams that you could just boast on, but they don't really win anything. No, they don't have any rings. But no, they're just good to talk about. Yeah, they just have a few highlights. They have a few stars. You know what I mean? Yeah. The Vikings. They have Justin Jefferson. You yeah. know he does the dance, the, the the gritty. The Everyone gritty. knows that, and they got a bunch of highlights. You think the Vikings are doing well, and it's like, what happened? Oh, they lost in the playoffs. They oh, lost, right, right. No, no one go get them next year. No one cares. Right. Hey, you know, yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah, agree, yeah. agree. Yeah, that's true. Um, Flave says, "Heard Kyle told Kittle to take trade a tight end. You because Mike Shanahan's coming into town to teach Darnold the offense one on one, and didn't want Trey to know." That's funny, Flave. Flave, you got it's connections. Dubious. Are you in the Are you in the Shanahan family? He's in the circle. Oh, yeah. He knows. Um, What's we want to talk about Kyle Shanahan, the offensive coordinator. Did I have a point that wasn't just negative? Mm. Mm. well here's the thing here's the thing about all right yeah let's do it because i mean the the theme of the it's a positive show what we're trying to say is don't just assume this offense is going to start slow they got bobby turner here they got christian mccaffrey here they got elijah mitchell here like they're kind of ready to go they haven't changed much about their offense that and I think that's important because I don't know that Kyle's just this genius who can do it all on his own. That's his reputation. He's like yeah. the Michael Jordan of co- coaches. Like he doesn't need anything. He doesn't need any teammates. He can do it all by himself. 
Like, I don't know. I'm looking at his coaching record, and he's been in the league since – he's been a coordinator since 20, 2008. Yes. And he's had an offense that ranked top 10 in points four times. Four times. And one was last year. One was last year. So, I mean, he moves the ball, but essentially he's really hasn't had consistency as an offensive coach. Um, so he needs all the help he can get from Bobby Turner, Steve Wilkes, that defense, that run game. He's not necessarily this, you know, Bill Walsh. <laughs> no, no. I mean, and let's. So let's I have to talk break that to it. Niner fans. No, I mean, yeah. no. We can, let's talk about it, but we can do it in a respectful way, right? We don't. Yeah. We don't have to. We don't have to be, you know, shock jocks. Snarky, right? Right. Right. So here go the facts. Kyle Shanahan has been an OC for four teams. Out of those four teams, he's had a winning season with three of them. All right. Yeah. He was. He had two 500 seasons in a winning season with the Texans. He had three losing seasons in a winning season with the Skins. He had a losing season with the Browns that he didn't finish. And he had a 500 season in a winning season with the Falcons. All right. Mm -hmm. That was the the Falcons year was the Super Bowl year. Right. So if you want to look at it from the 2012 season that they went 10 and six, this is just numbers. Okay. From the 2012 season that they went 10 and six all the way up until the 2016 year of the Super Bowl, those were the only two winning seasons as an offensive coordinator that Kyle Shanahan had. Mm -hmm. So in between that time, there was this narrative of Kyle being an offensive genius that just came out of nowhere, right? Right. So what we're we're seeing now is, is this is Kyle's seventh year, and through that time, he's still trying to find his trigger man. So he's done a great job at putting together the defense and the team. But can I stop you real quick? Because you made you made a point that I want to uh, comment on the, the the Kyle became a genius overnight thing. Yeah, it happened in 2016. In 2015, no one thought Kyle Shanahan was a genius at all. And what happened in 2016 was he had one of the best offenses of all time, like in terms of yards. And it was points. one I mean, year. Was, it was one year, and people were like, wow, if he could be that good, man. Like, all of a sudden, they rewrote history on his entire career. Like, oh, okay, well, he had an excuse. He didn't have the quarter, he didn't have this, he didn't have that. But essentially, well, his, his real, reputation man. as, like, a, a, a top-level genius, genius is ba- still based on one year out of, like, 15, literally yeah, 15. They were, I mean, and, yeah. and if you think about it, this story was kind of in the queue. They were yeah. waiting to say this, right? Yeah. So as soon as it was almost kind of like, I feel like in certain ways they were waiting for Kyle to give them the excuse to bring Mm -hmm. this out. Right. Mm -hmm. But if you go by the numbers, if you're looking at consistency of what it takes to actually be respected in your field, that ain't it. Okay. No, you, you, you went to the top of the mountain and then we're not even going to talk about what happened in that game. Right. Right. So you had that season and that game, but before that, the last season that you had, any notoriety was the 2012 oh, season where man. RG3 was a rookie. And even in that year, the the then Washington Redskins were three and six. They had to win seven games in a row and completely change that all. Man, oh, I lost the coach. No, I'm here. Yo, I just had an epiphany. I just had an epiphany, mm-hmm. man. You mentioned Kyle, what Kyle Shanahan did in the biggest game of his life, um, losing. You know, it's interesting. People don't talk about it, but what did he do the week before? He coached that game. See, I don't hmm. think you're gonna. I don't think you're gonna think of it, but it's right there. What did he do the week before? 
he interviewed with the 49ers. It was, he had the epiphany too, and he, and he left. Kyle Shanahan was interviewing. Okay, so Kyle Shanahan was interviewing for head go coaching ahead, jobs. Go ahead. Kyle Shanahan was interviewing for head coaching jobs before, he, before that game. Yeah. And that, guess who else was interviewing for head coaching jobs this year before the Super Bowl? Jonathan Gannon. What happened yes. to Jonathan Gannon in the Super Bowl? He freaking embarrassed himself and was completely unprepared and couldn't make mm -hmm. an adjustment. I'm telling you, those they got they got to change that. That's like a little bit of a tangent, but they got to change that, man. Those pre-playoff game interviews kill teams. Yeah, kill they teams. do. They do. I mean, oh. and, and, you know, and when you when you got to prepare that much, there's. I mean, they're they're physic. Did it help D'Amico when he when he got? Did it help D'Amico when the Philly put up 31 on him? No, I'm just they, saying. They say coaches say that it's not because they have to say it, that it's not going to take anything away, but it definitely it takes definitely a lot away from you. You're yeah, what else are you supposed person. to say? Yeah. yeah. You've got a lot. It's the it, system. It you got to do it. You only get one opportunity, but it totally screws the team. Mm -hmm. uh, the NFL has to change that system. Um, but so, yeah, I mean, yeah. I think it's probably a big reason he missed. So, but I will, but I will say just to, to, to circle back onto the Kyle's, Kyle's OC record. Mm -hmm. um, I think that for as much as Kyle puts his hands on this offense, I feel like this is just another conclusion into, I can't, I cannot stress how much we need a designated coordinator. Like yeah. we we really we really do. Um, because it 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 just goes to show like even even the the coaching the coaching career that Kyle had as an OC, it's mm -hmm. peppered. It's there's yeah. no consistency there. It's checkered. Right. And yeah. And for us to think that he's gonna be able to still be the OC that we all believe he is and be our head yeah. coach, that's that's tough sledding. And that's the only yeah. reason why I, why I looked at that record. But like he wasn't even like an elite elite offensive coordinator without his yeah. own job. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you there there, I mean, there's a guy, Eric B. Enemy. If you just go by his record, like he should have been a head coach long ago. If you just look at winning seasons as an OC, right? Yeah. So yeah. I mean, even with Houston, you know, it, I mean, not Houston, but even with Cleveland, most coaches they will be a marked man if they if they exited a job that way. So, yeah. you know, it is what it is, man. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Flave says, oh, no, we got you, Flave. Uh, Vito, Lance is the GOAT and next year's MVP, Brock Blow. Oh, got you. Aloha Chief says, if Brock isn't injured, does Kittle invite him instead of Lance? Possible. But yeah. Brock is injured. That's Brock the whole Brock ends it. That's the whole thing. And you know, we don't really know how bad it is. Flave says, heard Kyle told Kittle to take trade a tight end you because Mike Shannon. Oh, got that one too. Adam Paul says, I have a feeling Flav and George Kittle would be best buddies. <laughs> I don't think George Kittle would want to hang out with Flav. No offense to Flav, but I, you know, I don't think so. <laughs> Funny money says two words on hood. That's so true. Well put. Well put. Well put. I don't have anything else to talk about. It was a quick one today. No, I just have nothing going on. But next week we'll have OTAs to talk about. OTAs. That's we'll going to be exciting. To talk about. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Exciting. I'll get to see. It won't just. So far, I've only seen the rookies, which is it's cool. And the second uh, year guys. Some second year guys. Trey, who are you excited to see? Let's do this. Who are you excited to see at OTAs? Who are you ready to see? Debo. Moment uh, of truth for Debo. Moment okay. of truth for Debo. Well, what do you look like, man? Yeah. I, you I, know, I, apparently, he's been working out hard. I want to see that. I, yo, I heard about that. I want to see Drake yeah. Jackson. 
Oh, that's yup. Yup. See what Drake looks like coming back. Yeah. I want to see what Ambry looks like. That's I mean, we've been getting call. on him all all season. He's yeah. had all. And I remember, 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 there was that report last year, and not report, but he he did charity. He went to Africa. He went to Somalia. He did great things. Mm-hmm. Could were you lifting? I mean, were you lifting as much as Lenore? Because he lifted mm-hmm. his butt off. So that's the question. Yeah, uh, those are three and guys right Andy there. Gray. Ooh, Ty Davis Price. Yeah, Ty. Ty Davis Price. I mean, TDP. Yeah. I, I got a horse in that race already. You know who my guy is. TDP feels like a symptom of Bobby Turner being gone for nine months. Yeah, Bobby Turner yeah. was gone for nine months, and the kids picked up TDP. And Bobby Turner came back and said, "What did you do while I was gone? Go I, get Christian McKay." He said, "All right, Dad, we'll get Christian. Are you okay now?" He said, "Yeah, fine." Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't I see that's that's another reason I don't think Ty Davis probably is gonna make this team. Like he was not Bobby Turner certified at all. And he's mm-hmm. back. Turner's back. Mm-hmm. And you so. ain't never felt bad until you get cursed out by an old person because they don't curse, they just make you feel bad. So that's true. Like, don't I, got it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know that Bob, that that Jordan Mason was Bobby Turner certified, but he's good. I mean, he's proven himself. Ty Davis Price really struggled, and now you got Kalen Laburn who's Bobby Turner certified. So that's a Bobby Turner pick. Yeah, so that you're in trouble. You're in trouble, Ty. Um, I they might, they might have to trade him. That's hey it. man, it's all, yeah, that's the way it goes. Sorry, sorry. Playing for the 49ers isn't cut out for everyone, but even no. if you're not ready for this challenge, there is there might be a spot elsewhere yeah. for you. It's the league, you know? and then there's the standard of what that organization brings to you. So it's it, every team isn't cut out the same. Yeah, there's always the Vegas, the Las Vegas Raiders. You know, ask Jimmy. Sure, I mean the Cardinals look good this time of year. The Cardinals always start off good until Call of Duty comes out. And then, <laughs> no, <laughs> I can't put it on Call of Duty. We can't put it on Call of Duty. Like Cliff Kingsbury is a legitimately horrible coach. He needs to own that. That was on you. He lost in college with Patrick Mahomes. That's an accomplishment. That's really the most impressive thing he's ever done. I knew that Cliff Kingsbury was not the guy when I saw his house on HBO. Yeah. And when his house, I was like, what? This is not a football coach's home. (laughs) I want to say one more thing, and then I'm going to go. A lot of people like having alliterative names. Like, my cousin has a last name that starts with D and he started he named two of his kids names that start with D and it's cool yeah. to have you know I think that's cool um if your last name starts with K you might want to chill on that Cliff <laughs> Kingsbury Clint Kubiak Clay Kubiak is like yo but every time I, I meet someone I'm like what's your middle name what's your middle name <laughs> what's your middle you know what I'm saying <laughs> it's like I know you didn't name yourself but yeah. what's your middle name <laughs> I bet you don't have anything monogrammed <laughs> definitely not <laughs> anyway, that's neither here nor there. Thanks for watching, everyone. Um, I'll be back when you least expect. And I'll be back soon. Take care. Adios. Thanks,